Hello and welcome to Melioism episode 18. I hope everyone is doing well. So today I want to talk about Goodreads. It's a little site that I found a few years ago. My friend actually introduced me to it. Obviously I'm not being sponsored by Goodreads. I'm not being sponsored by any company to talk about this but because I really enjoy reading and because I've grown fonder of it over time I feel like Goodreads really helped to facilitate that kind of passion that I have. I won't say passion that's a bit extreme but (laughs) it's passion for reading. I do have a strong desire to learn more about the world and I feel like books are a really good way to do that kind of like unlocks parts of your conscious awareness and it also can teach you things that you didn't know before and I feel like that is a really valuable thing to have. So like I said I had Goodreads, I think I joined, I think it tells you when you joined actually, I think it was a very long time ago. Let me see, profile, okay here we go. I joined in 2014 so yeah it's been a while now since I've had Goodreads and I'm active all the time. I actually track my book progress so like if I'm reading a book I will say like oh yeah um, read this many pages and then it will tell me how much as a percentage that is obviously I know that you can use kindle and I get that some people prefer digital books but not I like I personally really appreciate like physical books I like the process I like moving through the book I like to see the progress of like the actual pages going down if that makes sense like going down do you know what I mean like the actual yeah I'm gonna just move on <laughs> but you know what I mean I like I like physical books and I like to buy them and like take them home and then read them and stuff like that so I track my progress this way and because I am quite objective based I like to see where I'm at and also like set challenges for myself I sound like an absolute fucking nerd like for example this year I am two books ahead of my schedule I'm aiming for 12 books this year and I'm 83% of the way through so I would attribute this progress to working from home over the past year because obviously otherwise I don't think I would have got through the books and this episode really is not focused on my love of reading it's actually about the books that I've read and what I've learned from them and I'll be going through some of the reviews and I'll be talking about some of the things that I wrote about the books in my reviews and just taking a little trip down memory lane so obviously there's a whole process you know like there's a whole evolution in like the types of books that one reads when they're younger and then it kind of gets a bit deeper as you get older so obviously when I was very young I was part of the Goosebumps gang and I yeah used to read all these kind of books and then I moved on to Point Horror I think which was very good but also I think for my age I definitely shouldn't have been reading them like they're quite dark like they are quite dark there's one called Twins and I think it was just like one of the twins was evil and the other one was like just like cash and she was kind of like I think my sister's evil (laughs) I can't actually remember anything else about it, but I remember that it stuck with me. And I'm going to probably read it again, uh, you know, at my age. It's actually a lot more age appropriate, but I think at my... When I first read it, I must have been like 10 or something like that. So, yeah, probably not ideal. But, yeah, I went through Point Horror, and then after that, you know what? There was a gap. So, I think from my childhood into adolescence, and I think it's probably, like, a common trend, dare I say, because obviously I don't know how old adolescents operate but I stopped reading completely like I was just over it at that point and I didn't really start reading again until I was in my early 20s and at the time because I was in a relationship 
with someone that was very much about learning about history, specifically black history, I started to read about that. And I don't think I was really being my authentic self. I think I was just mirroring someone else. So there were times when I'd read things like Angela Davis's Race, Women and Class. And don't get me wrong, that book was very influential and it's definitely stuck with me. Like I remember a lot of what I read and it has given me a really different perspective on the world, but I don't think I would have read it had I not been with him at the time. Oh my gosh, Stay Out of the Basement. Yeah, so some of the Goosebumps books that I used to read was like Stay Out of the Basement. That was such a random story. <laughs> such a random story like I can't even remember but like, I feel like it was something like the sun was going down into the basement where the dad was working on and then when he went down there it's like something like he created some kind of like plant man or something like that yeah it was a bit mad but I like the fact that they were out of the box because <laughs> like, who else would think about that type of thing yeah there was another one called snowman that was the that wasn't goosebumps that's um oh no Oh, well, Stein, yeah. Oh, shame. Maybe it was Goosebumps. I didn't even know that. But yeah, basically, I used to read a lot of fiction. So my transition was I went from reading purely fictional books to reading books about history and spirituality exclusively. And that's pretty much where I'm at now. So you might find a bit of fiction here and there, but generally, I just don't feel like it benefits me as much. Like I feel like when I learn about things that I can apply in real life, it has more value than if I just read about some story that someone else read. And I don't mean to say some story because that's not, that's, that's reductive. I don't mean it to be dismissive at all because I feel like people put their heart and soul into it. And when I actually write a book, I'm going to probably do a fictional book as well. So yeah, not downplaying like the effort that goes into a fictional book. I just feel like for me personally, I think that I valued reading about certain things but then saying that on the other side of it I feel like I've gone too far with it I've definitely read too much about like racialized trauma inner child growth evolution the history of humankind like I don't know how to chill like honestly (laughs) and I it would be very nice to read a book that's just purely fictional and entertaining like I read a book the other day called asking for a friend by Andy Osho and It was just so fun. It was such a fun read. I really enjoyed it. I really was invested in the characters. I really wanted to know what was going to happen next. And yeah, I was quite sad when it finished because I felt like it had so much more to give. Like, I really hope that she does another one. I hope she does a follow-up because I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with those three girls, you know? So yeah, it is good to break it up now and then. And even like the last book of my challenge has to be fictional and it has to be light because honestly I really um, just keep going into books that are like too deep too heavy like the last one that I read before was like all about love by bell hooks which I thought was going to be a bit more light and fluffy than it was very important very good don't get me wrong like it just was heavier than I thought and then the one I'm reading now is about parenting (laughs) so yeah I think it's just finding the balance and you know if anyone has any recommendations for me like please please send them through because I actually really do want to read about a lot of different things I just don't know what those things are so one of the books that I found quite pivotal and something that I use now is a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey or Stefan Covey. I think it's Stephen. Could be Stefan because S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R Covey. And yeah, this was quite useful for me because I feel like I didn't have very good time management back in the day, especially when I started to work in a professional capacity. I felt like I didn't have good time management and I didn't know what efficiency meant 
with that lens on. So this book just helped me to be more efficient, essentially, which I think everyone should read. Yeah, so what are they? What are the seven habits, yeah? So these are the things that I've learned that I found really, really helpful. So one is to be proactive. That's the first thing. Focus and act on what they can control and influence instead of what you can't. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. Define clear measures of success and a plan to achieve them. Habit three, put first things first. Prioritize and achieve their most important goals instead of constantly reacting to urgencies. So yes, this one I found so, so valuable. So when I used to get like, even today, when I get like multiple emails from different people and they all have deadlines against them, I am able to essentially contextualize the list and be like, what is the most important? What needs to be done first? Because before I used to try and scramble around and do them all at the same time or I'd be spread so thinly that I wouldn't have enough energy to do any of the tasks correctly or to the best of my ability and would struggle with deadlines like I wouldn't miss them but it would drain me and that's not working smart that's working very hard and not achieving the most optimal results so yeah putting first things first really helped me then we've got think win-win collaborate effectively by building high trust relationships habit five seek first to understand then to be understood influence others by developing a deep understanding of their needs and perspectives this was also super valuable for me I'll be honest I think in my youth and when I say youth I mean like my early 20s and my late teens I was quite selfish as a person I can't lie like and I don't mean it as in selfish as in the things that I used to hold I think I was emotionally selfish I think I used to be a lot more consumed with what I was doing and not really think about how other people were feeling and it wasn't because I was being dismissive it's because I had no conscious awareness so I would just talk about things like work was this and work was that and I don't think I was really asking the other person like how are you are you okay how's things being like you know it's reciprocal and I don't think I really understood that in my youth so yeah this really helped me um synergize develop innovative solutions that leverage diversity and satisfy all key stakeholders habit seven sharpen the saw increase motivation energy and work-life balance by making time for renewing activities this is a good one as well because it's always about me growing and developing and enhancing the abilities I already have and just trying to make myself a better person and like serving my highest self so yeah this is a good one for me like I feel like this definitely helped so this is just an overview of like what the book was about but I definitely encourage anyone who's interested to like read this book because it really helped me and I use it now and I read it in 2014 so conversations with God an uncommon dialogue okay so this book was also a game changer like my friend sent me this he actually bought it for my birthday we don't talk anymore (laughs) and I lost the book but it did stick with me and I really really appreciated that book because it just gave me a different perspective on things you know like I definitely believe in God and this book was very eye-opening for me because this person had a experience and the experience honestly felt like he was basically a vessel and and the words just really resonated with me so I felt like there was a lot to it there's a lot of depth to this book and there's a lot of substance and I felt like he is genuine and authentic and I really do believe in everything that he said and he's also one of the people that are in the documentary The Secret so if you watch the online version, I know there's a book as well, but I haven't read the book, which is probably very strange to some people listening. But I've watched the documentary that a few times and he's also on it. So it kind of just like further validated it for me, like that he was legit. 
not legit, but that he that he knew what he was talking about. Like he's he's guided, I think, personally. So yeah, that's another good one. Another good read. <gasps> no pun intended. Oh my gosh, that's so cheese. I think Goodreads is actually owned by Amazon. Just FYI. I don't know why I mentioned that, but it is. And what's another good book that I read that I feel like is just an absolute game changer for me? Do you know what? There was one book that I think I thought was going to change everything for me but it didn't and I think it's because I probably didn't do the practices or maybe it just wasn't for me becoming supernatural how common people are doing the uncommon my review is as follows yeah but I don't know how legit this is anymore let's see Joe Dispenza who's the author of the book simplifies the complex and I thoroughly enjoy reading this book a lot of data I didn't even write it properly I said a lot data <laughs> spelling mistakes and grammar grammatical errors really jar me so if I send an email and then I read it back and I've made a mistake I actually feel like sometimes I want to cry <laughs> it's ridiculous but like yeah I actually get very peed off and I'm just like oh my gosh but yeah as you can see here I've, I've said a lot of data has been provided to support the theories contained in this book and you can tell that a lot of time has been invested to quantify the transformations people have experienced all right fair one critical observation would be that it was a little repetitive in places and it was a bit too technical near the end. But other than that, it was a great read. I would highly recommend. All right. All right. I did both sides of the coin. I think in the past, I used to be overly complimentary. I think that's just because that's the kind of person that I used to be. Like, just everything was light and fluffy. And I was like, yeah, it was great. Yay. But I actually appreciate the fact that I did have some kind of like constructive feedback. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, so this book, Oh, it's so hard to explain. I don't even know how to really summarize it, but it is about spirituality, of course. And it's about, I want to say neuroscience, but maybe not. Because I don't want to, I really don't want to like say this wrong. But yeah, basically it's about utilizing the energy that's around us. That is all I can say. I honestly don't want to go into it too much because I feel like I'll be doing it a disservice. So I'm not going to dwell on it. But I think that if you're interested, you should go into it with an open mind. But yeah, definitely thought it was going to be a bit of a game changer for me. And like, well, like some things started to manifest in my life, but then maybe I just didn't put all my energy into it. And I wasn't really in the best place mentally at the time. So I just feel like maybe if I read it now, maybe it'd be different. But yeah, I still recommend it. I still recommend reading it. Another book that I read that I honestly thought was like so good was The Energy Codes which is the seven-step system to awaken your spirit, heal the body, and live your best life. <laughs> As she doesn't say that. It says, okay, you're going to become so pedantic. The energy code is a seven-step system to awaken your spirit, heal your body, and live your best life. So I basically wasn't given the recommendation, but I watched the live with Big Sean and Janae Aiko. And Janae was talking about the energy code. So I was like, I love Janae. So I was like, I'm going to check this out. And I was like, yeah, like this is amazing. I can definitely see this working for me. And I used to do a lot of yoga. So the energy codes is good because it actually incorporates a lot of like practical activities. Some of which are like yoga moves and things that you can do. And I was doing it all the time, all the time. Again, probably wasn't in the best place like to be doing it. Like mentally, again, I feel like I didn't really integrate it properly. And yeah, it was like during the pandemic last year and stuff like that. So maybe I need to go back and revisit this book. 
but they had videos online. So she had, her name is Sue Mortar. And she has a lot of like online resources. And there was a free video. I think it's gone now, but there was a free video that I used to use all the time. And I found it really good actually. I think it was like an hour long. It was really, really good value, you know. <laughs> I say it was good value, but it was actually free. But yeah, it was really good. And I used to feel a lot better afterwards. But this is what I wrote as a review anyway. So I said, I learned a lot whilst reading this book and will be integrating the practices into my daily life. I found the link between spirituality and the quantum field very interesting and how our spiritual energy affects our physical body. I did find it difficult to keep track of all the practices in the book. However, I would recommend checking out the online resources as this helped me to bring everything together in a practical way. I would recommend this book to anyone open-minded and willing to explore the potential of energy codes. That's a fair, fair review. The thing is, like, people think that spirituality, some people, we're not generalised, some people think that spirituality is... I'm not going to say this without being negative because it is actually very much something I believe in. They don't believe in it, basically. <laughs> Let's put it that way. They don't believe in it and they believe in like science and anything that can be quantified. And the good thing about books like Energy Codes and Becoming Supernatural is that they are rooted in science as well as spirituality. So the two like kind of linked together. And I think that that's really, really valuable because it kind of basically just allows people to look at it from both perspectives and to understand that the two can be intrinsically linked. So like, for example, this is just like a random example. I've just plucked out the air, but some people think that, you know, God created the world. Some people think that the Big Bang created the world and the universe. I think that God created the world and the universe and the manifestation of that, physical manifestation of that was the Big Bang. That's my, that's my stance on it. That's how I think. And yeah, books like this just help to bridge the gap between the two. And I actually think that they both can coexist and don't have to be in conflict with one another. So, oh, the power of now. And I've read this, I've spoken about this already, actually. I've spoken about this in my, one of my first episodes. So one of my first episodes, which I think was Conscious Living or something like that, I think I called it. The Anti-Autopilot Guide. The Anti-Autopilot Guide, yeah, Conscious Living and Building Presence. So that one is, yeah, I've spoken about the power of now. So I'm not going to dwell on it. If you want to hear about my review for the power of now and how transformative I found it, then please check that episode out. But generally, it was a game changer for me. I have learned so much from that book and I, I will never forget how insightful I found that book. I'm not going to talk about it. You have to listen to that before <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. You have to listen to that other episode, honestly, because like, yeah, it's just important. Right. So I'm going to go through like the spiritual books first and then I'm going to move on to different subjects. So I saw a book that I really, um, I really like as well, but I'm not going to do on that one actually. So The Four Agreements was another book that I really enjoyed. And I think from a spiritual perspective, I would advise anyone to read if they're really into it. So definitely check that out. Again, I go through this in depth in that episode. So episode two. And you can hear more about my thoughts on that. This one is so hard to pronounce and I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm going to try my best, yeah? But this book was so good for me because it was so different and I found it really refreshing. Oh, here we go. Okay, all right. So you know when they talk about etymology? Etymology, which is like the, the definition of a word or like how it came. Yeah, the origin, that's it. 
So etymology is basically the study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. So this book is called The Etymol... <laughs> I knew I was going to be able to do it. This book is called The Etymologicon. I swear that's what it says. The Etymologicon. A circular stroll through the hidden connections of the English language. This book is so, so interesting to me because it literally goes through the origins of all these different words and like, how they came about. And yeah, it's just fascinating, fascinating. You never think about these kind of things. Obviously, like the English language is something that we learn through our development as children and we adopt it and we use it to obviously communicate with one another. But obviously, when we look into the origins of the words, it's so interesting how they've been formulated and how they're used, you know, in, in the way that we communicate with one another. So yeah. Definitely check it out. I think it's great. I think it's a really, really interesting read. It's different. It is quite refreshing and it's very insightful. So that's a good one. Oh yeah, sorry. So the Etymologicon, whoa, yeah, was about was by Mark Forsyth. So just before I forget, it was by Mark Forsyth. And he's a very clever man. You can tell, you can tell. So in terms of like spirituality, like books that help me to look at things differently from a spiritual perspective, Eat, Pray, Love was really good. I found it quite expensive. It was really empowering to read about a woman's search for herself through traveling. And I really wanted to go traveling around this time. And I found it quite motivational for me. And obviously I did go traveling by myself. And maybe this is one of the books that actually spurred me on because she did go to Indonesia and I went to Indonesia. So I think when I was reading about her experiences, I was just like, I could do this, you know. And just generally, like, she went to three different places in the world. It's like Italy, India and Indonesia. Spoiler alert. Sorry, that's a spoiler. I don't think that's a spoiler. But yeah, basically she went to three different places and then she found herself more and more each time. Because of that, she came out the other side of it a much stronger woman. And I think it's a really good book. The Alchemist is fundamental reading, I think, for anyone who's interested in spirituality or cares about spirituality. I read that book in like a week. I remember like that was probably the fastest book I've ever read in my life. I was so intrigued. And I remember walking down the street, just like holding the book and reading, which I think now in hindsight is a bit weird. But I was that intrigued. I was like, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what happens next. I want to get to the end in a good way and yeah it just really spurred me on so this is by oh sorry I forgot to say Eat Pray Love is by Elizabeth Gilbert and The Alchemist is by Paulo Chiello they've actually got a video for how to say his name just a video that's one minute long oh wow okay so it's Paulo Coelho which is not what I was saying before. I think the English language is very restrictive. I think because we pronounce our words in a particular way, when there's other languages that have accents and different nuances, we struggle as, as a nation to pronounce them. So it's annoying, I think, from my side, because I want to say it properly, but is a great author. He also wrote, did he also write Kite Runner? I swear he wrote Kite Runner. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he did not. He did not write. He did not write Kite Runner. But another guy called Khalid Husseini. Khalid Husseini is another amazing writer who wrote Kite Runner and A Thousand Splendid Sons. A Thousand Splendid Sons made me cry. I think it's one of the only fictional books that I've read that actually made me cry. It was very, very well written and just so sad. It's just so, so sad. There was so much sadness in that book and there was just a part in it where there was a letter. I'm not going to give away the plot, but there was a letter and the letter was read out 
like years down the line, I think it was. And it just like got me and I didn't even see it come in, to be honest with you. I was just like, oh my gosh. And it's just very difficult, you know, like in terms of like some of the things that he writes about, he talks about Afghanistan and how much injustice there is there and how people are just trying to make a living and live a life in a fair way, you know, to be treated with kindness and and to have the same rights as everybody else has, you know. So I think it just like contextualizes like what happens in Afghanistan and like what people are struggling with and going through. And it's really hard to to read sometimes you know because these are some of the things that people don't always want to know about because it's too painful and I think that we do as a as a human race owe it to each other to acknowledge each other's life experiences so yeah I definitely found both of those stories very touching and I would definitely recommend them another book that kind of has a similar framework is can find it why don't I remember the names so another book that I found really difficult was Half of a Yellow Sun by Adichie no that's not her first name her first name is Chimamanda no Adichie Ngozi yeah well I said it wrong actually yeah so A Thousand Splendid Sons by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie and she wrote Half of a Yellow Sun and it was just again hard to read it was about a fictional family, I guess. Is it really a family? I'm just thinking about this. It's actually from different viewpoints, different people, but their lives were interlinked. So that's me not giving it away. I feel bad. Like, if I give anything away, that would be quite peak because people are trying to read this. Like, I'm trying to make recommendations for people to actually read the books themselves. So I'm not giving it away, okay? But it was based in... I feel like the narrative was based in Nigeria and it talks about the Biafran war and yeah that was a a Nigerian civil war between the government of Nigeria and the Republic of Biafra which had declared its independence from Nigeria in 1967. So it was based on a real life event but just from a very personal perspective in terms of the characters that she created and it was very hard to read but I felt like I learned so much because I didn't know about the war before and I gained knowledge about it but it was it was hard to read. I think the thing that I find is that even the fictional books that I read are quite heavy so I've made a vow to myself that the next book I'm going to read is going to be quite light. But at the same time, I think that we do, again, like, need to know about these things. So, not these things, but I think we do need to know about what's happening in the world. Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus. I read this book intently at one point because I was just like, I want to find out what's going on. I really wanted to find out and I felt like this guy, John Gray, would be able to help me, you know, figure it out. So I had an open mind, but it was... I think it was quite reductive, honestly. I didn't think that, you know, he had enough information to really make such claims about women and the way that women thought. He interviewed like a hundred people or something crazy like that. A hundred women. And he was like, now I am the authority on, on the subject. And I was like, okay. So he would say things like, women are this and women are that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I do not agree. So this is the review that I wrote. I gave it two out of five stars. Although I found this book very informative, I also found it hard to comprehend at times. I think this is solely due to the fact that a lot of my confusion related to the male perspective. For that reason, I think it was beneficial for me to read as I was in fact learning about the other sex that I didn't know about and I don't think I would have ever known had I not read the book. That is bullshit. <laughs> Looking back on it, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> 
<laughs> there were even some parts that I could directly tie back to past encounters. Oh my gosh, cringe, cringe, cringe. Some parts of the female perspective I didn't necessarily agree with, but in saying that, I understand that it would be quite difficult to define a woman on scale, especially as a man. I appreciate the studies were carried out to determine a woman's psychological and emotional state of being, but I struggle with the concept of explaining female emotions to a female from a man. Other than that, I'm glad I read it. And I think more men should read this book. Okay, cool. I mean, obviously, at the time of writing, I agreed with everything I said. I don't agree with half the things I said. I agree with the second part of that paragraph. But I don't agree with the first part because I feel like I was thanking the book for helping me. But I gave it two out of five stars. So it's all very contradictory, isn't it, really? I think this was me being too too nice. I have a, I've learned a lot about that people pleasing and just being overly complimentary when I don't need to be and I think that this is a very good example of that because I should have just said I didn't like the book that's <laughs> why I should have said I didn't like the book I don't think it was a fair representation of well you know women women's experiences I don't think he should really even be speaking on that that was what I really felt but yeah the old me yeah was being nice so yeah sure and what else did I read I'm gonna go for my reviews so how not to die yeah so it's called how not to die discover the food scientifically proven to prevent MMOverse disease I found this book so interesting and what I said was I found this book so informative Dr Gregor who's the guy that wrote the book so Michael Gregor makes it easy to digest information that I wouldn't usually have come across I also found it easy to apply changes to my diet by incorporating tips from the book I will definitely be subscribing to, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because I did not do this. I would, <laughs> sorry, Ooh. I would definitely be subscribing to nutritionalfacts.org. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for all the work you did to educate and inform readers about their health. There we go. Cool. Actually, not even funny at all. I don't know why I was laughing there. But yeah, I found this book really interesting. Again, because it's something that I hadn't previously thought about in that, certain diseases that we get in later life kind of come from our diets and lifestyle and so yeah if we incorporate the tips and, and things that he says in the book then we can live a healthier and longer life and yeah there's some things in there which I still do to this day like one of them is that I have milled flax seeds and milled flax seeds are good for the blood sugar I think it's bringing down blood sugar it says flax seed may also help lower total blood cholesterol and low density lipoprotein e.g bad cholesterol which may reduce the risk of heart disease so yeah that's from the mayo clinic that said that and i have milled flaxseed because in the book it says that anything that's like milled or powdered gets into your bloodstream quicker than a pill would because I feel like the pill doesn't necessarily always go where it needs to go because once it gets to your stomach it could potentially like disintegrate and not necessarily yeah travel through so I learned that from the book and I would definitely recommend that there's another book I want to read I might do another episode actually which talks about the books I want to read but one of them I think it's called the plant paradox and uh, yeah it's actually probably contradictory to this book but it says the plant paradox the hidden dangers in healthy foods that cause disease and weight gain so it's just trying to understand like you know both sides of the coin like I like to read books that do have opposing views sometimes because that's how I learn and that's how I learn to have an open mind and you know see the world differently so yeah I'm going to read this one next um well not next next but I'm going to read this one soon and I hope that it's useful, you know, after I read my funny, like, mm, I'm going to read that one. I think I'm going to do, there's, a, there's one I was just looking at right now, but I'm going to do a whole episode on this one, I think, because, yeah, it's so interesting. I, yeah, Terraformed by Joe White. 
and it's Dr. Joe White actually, is about young black lives in the inner city. This was hard to read again. Um, I've said as a review, necessary reading. I appreciated the time and emotional energy Joe put into this body of work. Joy explores systemic and deep-rooted oppression in a way that really resonated with me. I found her take on culture, music and inclusion very refreshing and I would highly recommend this book to anyone living in the UK especially. Joy White did a PhD in grime music so the way that I found this book is I was watching a video on YouTube that Kano published on his channel and he was interviewing Joy White and he was talking about the fact that she had a PhD in grime. And I was like, that's so interesting. I like grime. So in the video, Kano was talking about the book. And I bought the book. And I read it. And I do think it's necessary reading. I think that it's, it's hard at places. It's hard to read sometimes. But, you know, overall, there's been a lot of gentrification. There's been a lot of changes in this country. And historically, you know, black people have really contributed to the growth of the nation and I feel like we don't necessarily get our flowers for that and especially the younger generation like they're growing up and navigating this world and trying to find a better life for themselves and and I think I think that reading this book it just allows other races to essentially see how they can help to elevate the younger generation and to help them to include them to ensure diversity is front of mind and I feel like these are the things that will change the narrative I think that in the past you know media and like the news especially have painted younger the younger generation the younger black generation in a negative light and we need to like just scrap that move forward and like look at how society treats younger black youth that's why this book was really interesting and I think one other book that I want to shout out is oh there's so many you know like I'm actually like struggling because I don't want this to go way way over but I do definitely want to make sure that I cover the ones that I really liked um I think I'm gonna go with Shantaram so Shantaram is so well written it's by a guy called David Gregory Roberts. It's weird in here because they basically write their last name first and then, then the middle name, then the first name. So I'm reading backwards essentially, but David Gregory Roberts. And I've said, this is one of the best books I've ever read, written beautifully and you can visualize every detail. I would highly recommend this book and I'm a little sad it finished to be honest. Oh, that's not very good reviews. <laughs> two sentences long I mean I wrote it in 2014 so it's like kind of like when I first joined Goodreads but yeah I borrowed that book to someone I no longer speak to and I'll never see that book again so sad times <laughs> sad times I can buy it again obviously I can read it um again yeah, it was definitely a good book it's a fictional book but apparently some of it's true so yeah it... he had a very colorful life he has a very colorful life so yeah I definitely would check that one out it's a, about a guy who moves to India and lives there for quite a while and I think at one point he lives in the slums in India and he just talks about his experiences and some of the things that he encountered whilst out there and he is so detailed like the way that he describes something you can really visualize it and that's the thing with language it's like you have so much opportunity to really like layer a subject or a visual or a place in a way that allows the reader to actually be with you or like interpret it in their own way and I think that's the nice thing about reading books is that you can visualize it in your own way and you you won't be wrong because it's how your brain decides to project that information whereas a film of a book so a film adaptation of a book I think can ruin a book for me like one book that was turned into a film that I did not like at all I was disappointed that I watched was Angels and Demons I felt like they didn't need to touch that at all. Like the book was strong enough. It could stand on its own. It didn't need it. It didn't need it. Like the visuals that I had in my mind didn't match. A lot of it 
was cut out as well of the film. So I was a bit like, what happened to this bit? What happened to that bit? Like, it just wasn't there. And it was weird, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not happy with this at all. So yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. Next time I see the film adaptation of a book that I've read, I'm just going to leave it alone and respect, you know, that some people might appreciate it and love it. But for me personally, I'm just very wary. So I just have to leave it. So yeah. One other book I have to say is The Game. And this is by Neil Strauss. And he talks about basically being a bachelor in LA. It's a fictional book, I think. But I think, again, I think it's got like real stories intertwined within it. But he was talking about how he met a group of guys and they became like these players, essentially. And they they learned the game, which is how to flirt with women and how to get them in their, you know... (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? In their beds, basically. I don't think they were ever trying to get in a relationship with them. It was more just about, these are the things that you do. This is the kind of body language. There was a thing called peacocking, which was when you just basically dress quite flamboyantly and you catch the attention of someone. There was another thing called negging, which I remember quite well. And it's like, you basically insult the person or you kind of like ignore the person that you want to attract. So for example, if they're in a group, that guy would talk to everyone else but that person. That person starts to feel a bit more like, left out and then they'll start to be overly communicative with the person that they want to chat to and then he ends up getting his way kind of thing and I was like what and yeah you kind of see it and I do understand like when that first came out and I read it I started to see it happen to me like I would see you guys like be cheeky and stuff like that and I'm like "Mm, okay this is the thing I don't know if they read the book but like I think that the book does help you to understand that some of the things that men do especially when they're like flirting and stuff like that so yeah definitely definitely recommend that book because it's just interesting especially if you're a woman like this is what guys do you know so check it out not all guys obviously but like check it out I think it's good um and then lastly I think one of the books I'm going to end this on because I honestly am like going to be talking about oh there's oh yeah okay so one of the books I'm going to end on I might have to do a part two of this actually because I feel like I'm not really covering half the books that I read is A Piece of Cake by Cupcake Brown. The beginning of this book is heartbreaking, honestly. Like, this is a real book. This is a a book about her life. So I guess it's an autobiography. And she talks about her experiences and all the things that she's went through. So her journey, essentially. And she went through so much. She went through so, so much. And she really made a name for herself. And it's just very inspiring. It's really inspiring to see what perseverance can do for you. And she's a black woman as well. So there was that added layer and she really did just, she was in, I think she was in the Crips or the Bloods. I think she was in the Bloods. I'm not sure. But she was like, there were so many things that like, you know, she was faced with that she overcame. And honestly, I loved her. Like in the end, I actually followed her or followed, yeah. Did, can you follow someone on Facebook? Maybe I added her as a friend on Facebook back in the day. This is way before like, I don't know, she probably like became super famous. Maybe it was after, who knows? She accepted it anyway. And I used to, maybe she, maybe I followed her. I think you can follow people on on Facebook, right? Either way, basically, I followed her and she's just super happy and has such a positive outlook on life. And yeah, I really recommend that book. She writes beautifully as well and you really can like visualize everything and it's quite emotional. And yeah, that's that's another book that I recommend. So turns out I am not going to finish this in one episode. I feel like I need to do another one because there's so many books that I didn't, include here and I feel like I missed out a bit but maybe maybe I'll do another one or maybe I won't who knows but for now what I will say is thank you for listening (laughs) and I will speak to you soon I'll be uploading next week and take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you soon bye